Good evening, everybody. Welcome back. It's the CarCast. I hope you've missed us all summer, but it's hockey season again, and we are here for episode 75 of the CarCast. Can you believe it? 75 already. I'm Owen Newkirk. He's Sean Shapiro, and once again, both there's hockey in DFW, and I'm putting my life on the line with Sean behind the wheel. Oh, that's that's unfair joke. We haven't even looked at the parking garage yet. <laughs> Once again, I feel very much at threat of bodily harm, so I don't think it's uh, inappropriate so at all. Seventy-five, really? It seems like a lot, doesn't that, it? That does seem Remember? like a lot. That seems well, like a lot. That's, uh, you know, that's a good amount. And, Forty-one uh, home games a year, not counting yeah. the preseason, which of course tonight is. Yeah, and uh, playoff games obviously helped increase that number last year. Yeah, that was fun. And. Um, the last one we did was after a home playoff game. Yeah, May fifth uh, was the last time we've done this. Which was so. a home playoff loss to St. Louis in Game Six when they were trying to close out the series. Yep. Of course, anyone listening probably remembers how that series played out. Yep. One of the differences is that we're recording a little earlier because uh, no post game normal stuff for us. No, no. So we actually have traffic to deal with. Yes. Which is kind of a bummer. Yep. But it's also nice that we'll be home before midnight. Yes. Knock on wood, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So there's that. Yes. But the only bad thing, being still preseason, is that it's still grossly hot outside. It is. It is. Uh... Muggy, uncomfortable, work up a little lather just walking from the arena to the parking garage. Yeah, it's... I'm complaining, but... It's not really suit weather. No. I mean, I'm in shorts and flip-flops weather right yeah. now. Yeah. I don't think. Do you remember the last time you wore? I mean, did you wear a suit in Traverse City? No, no. Very um, informal, right? No, yeah. I, I I wore suits to weddings this summer. This in the, in the off season. I didn't have to do any weddings um, this summer. I wore I wore one two. I I wore I was at two weddings and then I also wore one in Finland um, to an event. But ah, the weather fancy. in Finland it was sixty. Yeah, degrees, that's different. It was isn't sixty it? degrees in Finland at the time. So. Um, Speaking of which, uh, three-week teaser advance, uh, first week of October, paid to get some fun things coming for people on the Athletic um, from Finland. So that'll be fun. That will be fun. Yeah. We saw a little bit of Finland video tonight on the old scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Good old Julius Hanka making an appearance. He <laughs> did, <video>. yeah. <laughs> Still a member of the Dallas Stars for now. Technically, his rights are a member of the Dallas Stars. He's unemployed. Uh, Technically, he's unemployed. Yeah, he doesn't have a contract. He has an offer. He's an offer, but he's technically unemployed. Okay. So on a technicality, he's currently missing a, uh, or without a team, but not totally. Correct. Watch out for the big truck yeah, here. I prefer to not yeah. slash slam into that. Oh. Uh, Sean and I made the executive decision not to go stop for, for gas during the car cast, although I'm sure it would have been very entertaining. It would have been, yeah. Although it would be interesting because of how you, we do it technically – if you turn the car off, yeah, what, what would have happened? This ramp is new. Sort of. It's not done yet. Yeah. There's a giant sewer pipe there, too. Yeah. So, or a water pipe. Could this this ramp has moved. I feel like the angle of entry to this highway has changed multiple times. Yes. Our egress, ingress is yeah. different. Yeah. I, I might have said that backwards, but nonetheless. So, let's get through the summary of tonight's game, which was, albeit forgettable, very much so. My first thought, Sean, was simply, and, and look, guys, some guys were, you know, better than others. I just thought it looked very much like a preseason game. I mean, everybody that's getting into sports, you know, the NFL is through two weeks. We're just in the 
bashed the NFL's preseason because the games aren't that much fun to watch. They're not very, uh, you know, skillful compared to the full rosters. A lot of the starters in the NFL don't yeah. play. And I kind of felt like that. It didn't. I mean, yeah. again, they're more interesting to watch than NFL preseason games. But so I have a theory on preseason. Okay. Um, I have a theory on preseason. The first three or four. Let's say the first four preseason games. Presuming a seven? Of seven, yeah. Okay. Uh, three There's, or four. Um, they have to play anywhere from six to eight is correct. the rule. Red Wings play nine this year. Oh. Nine in 14 days. Why? I guess they have a big camp and you want to play everybody. Well, and they also, have, they also got pulled into the Kraft Hockeyville game, too. Oh, okay. So, Still, um, like, that's a lot of games, and no yeah. NHL guy wants to play no, nine preseason. No, 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 So, but I have, I have a theory. My theory is that... The typical NHL preseason game, no matter the opponents, for the first three or four games, no matter the teams playing, it falls into one of two categories. It falls into a game like tonight, where not much happens at all. Yeah. Or it falls into like the game I watched the on Sunday on NHL Network, where Vegas was playing uh, Arizona, where I think it was like five three, just really sloppy, and a lot happens, but it's not really pretty. But right. just, there's just a ton of breakdowns and a lot of goals are scored. One, I, I, one, there's I, one yeah. more. There's the the home team dresses its vets and the road team sends the kids and the yeah. home team smashes the road team just because of NHL experience yes. pedigree yes. and that's right. happened before. And yes. then you go, look, it's fun to watch Sagan and Ben score a couple of goals, but ultimately you know, they're playing the B team or yeah. the, the AHL club, so slow down. Yeah, that was not the case tonight. It was no. two pretty. Watered down lineups. I mean, yeah. due respect to the players, but it was, I mean, a fraction of the NHL lineup. What will actually come about? Um, yes. So nothing happened in the first period. Not really at all. In fact, the most notable moment was Mackenzie McEachern taking a puck to the face pretty early in the in the first. Yeah. It was uh, was it a puck or a sick follow through? I thought it was a puck. Hard to tell with the without. I didn't the, see it. We very didn't really well. get good. We, there's no replays for us. Yeah, uh, no TV yeah, broadcast. No TV, so it's and the in arena production, understandably, probably didn't run yeah. slow motion replays of the injury to show you what yes, was going exactly on. Exactly happened. So um, that's really all that happened. I mean, there was one kind of uh, St. Louis hit a post. Bishop had a little bit of a. Uh, scramble to keep out the rebound but really other than that the first period was really a, from a star's perspective uh uh joel kivriranta had a uh, had a chance on a nice kind of i thought on a pretty nice feed from Gurianov where he kind of just missed um but there really wasn't much in the first period you go to the second and still not a lot happening yeah um it just, yeah. it, you know, Sean, thankfully I decided not to do my quality scoring chance tracker like I normally do. Yeah. Partly because, uh, as one should probably expect from the first preseason game, there are a lot of kinks to work out. So yep. the press box elevator wasn't functioning early no, on. So we had to huff it a couple of different ways, and that's fine, but it took a little longer to get to the press box for me. And we got here later, and yeah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so I missed the first minute of the action trying to get – through the various ele- we took the freight elevator. Okay. Um, they were yeah. they welcomed us on that, which is definitely a different way to go. And so I actually walked out into the upper terrace level mm-hmm. for the press yeah, launch, then, yeah. right when McKecker dropped, and I didn't see what happened. Okay, so you first missed. I literally saw him lying on the ice, and the trainers coming out and went, "Well, let's go get up in the booth." And yeah, there really wasn't much in the first ten minutes. Yes, it wasn't much in the first period. And, um, 
Second period, really in a game like this, it's kind of a lot of teams, both teams are kind of making mistakes and eventually just basically stars at a turnover. And puck ends up on Clem Costin's stick, who is um, one of the Blues' better prospects. Someone who, for, for people that don't remember, he was the final pick of the first round in Dallas. Not in Dallas, in Chicago. In Chicago, the year before, yeah. excuse me. So that have been three drafts ago, two yeah. and a half years, or give or take. He was ranked. He, he was the and guy. And he kept dropping. He was the guy who dropped, who came in. He was in the green room. Um, he was in the green room, actually, in Chicago. Which, is one of the, which, means, which means the league expected yeah. him to be a fairly high pick. He was the highest-ranked European skater in that draft, actually. By and, NHL Central Scouting. Right, right. Um, let me, that's the key word, the NHL Central Scouting. Right, because that doesn't yeah, mean that doesn't by mean, the team. Yeah, so, by their um, group. And he's a player who's been pretty good in San Antonio, but a Russian kid who's got a really nice shot. He's a good yeah. prospect. Turnover in the defensive zone. Um Basically puts a one-timer on Costin stick, and it's one nothing uh, St. Louis. Right. Um, that was the only blemish on Ben Bishop's yeah. half a hockey game. Half plus. He didn't really leave until right. like six minutes left. And then... Yeah, he ended up a line of 33-42, so slightly above half a game. Yeah. 16 saves, 17 shots. He was he, fine. He was solid I mean, like look, he needed him to be. Like, he looked like Ben Bishop, and obviously it's his first game in a while. Yeah. First game since, what, making 50 saves just about? Yes. Mm-hmm. In yep. Game 7? Yes. So then uh, and Anton Hudobin comes in. That was the next notable thing that happened in the game. Yeah. And he got peppered pretty quickly. Uh, the Blues obviously spurned on from the Costin goal, had the next few chances, and then they scored, I think it was on their fourth shot, uh, give or take. Third or fourth, yeah. Uh, the 14-and-a-half-minute mark, Robert Bertuzzo, had a shot from the point that I don't know if he saw the goaltender. I don't think he saw it. Based I off, first yeah. thought it might have taken a deflection because usually you don't see those go in. There was a distance. there was a battle in front. I don't think he saw it very well, and uh, it was also one of those kind of sequences that started with uh, stars kind of failed getting out of their zone. I think it was a failed failed breakout by Roman Polak, and it kind of led to that sustained pressure by St. Louis and. I think Harley was battling with his guy in front, and Udovin just yeah. kind of... Um, it's one of those where I would have loved to kind of take yes. a deeper look at it, uh, if, can't if, do it but now. I can't do it. Yeah. So. I'm in that boat, yeah. too. I'd love to wa- go back and watch the game and look a little bit more mm-hmm. deeply into it. Yeah. There were a couple of notable misses in the second period. There was one instance on the rush where uh, I think it was Nason. Three-on-one for that. With, yeah. with Delandria. It looked like a two-on-one, mm-hmm. made a nice cross-ice feed past the defender to get it to Delandria, and then instead of shooting, he opted to try to send it back across to Riley Tufty, who was the trailing forward, yep. mm-hmm. and Tufty missed the net, and it looked yeah. like he had an open net, yeah, open did. goal. Uh, again, there has been nothing wrong with Delandria shooting in that position. In fact, I don't think anybody would have said, like, you know, I can't believe you didn't yeah. pass there yes. because it's the two-on-one, he got the setup. But it shows that he's looking to be a bit of a playmaker, and that wasn't the only time tonight when we saw Delandria look for that either backdoor pass or the trailing. I mean, he's looking to make that's, a better play. And that's more of Delandria's MO, too, actually, just kind of watching him. Having watched him play a little bit more now in person and done a little bit more digging on him, like, that's more of his MO. He's not as much of a shooter. He's more of the guy who's going to be a little bit more of a creator. Um, and... And that's not bad with the right guys around him. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Um, So that's a chance where stars really need a tough to hit the net. 
Um, and then, and even if you didn't yeah. score there, those are the ones where you miss the whole net. It's tough because you'd like yeah. to see at least force the goalie to make a big save. Uh, Kiviranta had a chance in the slot where he, he skied it yep. as well in the second. Again, uh, I thought he was Kiviranta was one of the stars' better forwards tonight. From I, the, I, I from thought, the, I thought he was their best forward. Look, Foxa, Como, and Cogliano looked like they'd played together as much as they have. They they were an NHL line that stood out amongst a bunch of not necessarily NHL players. Uh, I thought Joe Pavelski looked fine. Uh, his line combination will probably be starkly different yeah. for opening night or even the last couple of preseason games. Uh, and that may be tr- tr- trickier, but, uh, you know. Yeah, let, let me phrase let me actually Let me better phrase it. They I think, the way they thought. Okay, let me better phrase it. Where I thought they should be. Kiviranta had the most important performance of the night as far as a player with what their expectation was yes. coming in. Yes, I agree. Um, so, On a uh, night where not a lot of yes. the team did a lot of things that really stood out in a positive way for the coaching staff. Correct. Or the fans, for that matter. Yes. Um, by the way, Hudobin looked fine. Looked fine. Made a couple of nice acrobatic moves. As you see, he battles well. Mm-hmm. He almost got caught from a sharp angle and did something to hold out. And Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not worried about the Stars goaltending at all. No, I wouldn't worry about that. Yep. Um, and it was the uh, which is nice, isn't it? Yeah, and and Bishop and Hudobin will probably get about ten days off from games now, because <laughs> um, the next is it that many games or days? It's, yeah, it's next, oh, it's next until, until next Thursday. That's, that's not ten days, is it? A week and three days. It's Monday. Oh, no. Monday yeah, it is week. right. Holy cow! It is yeah, nearly ten days. Yeah. Because so, the next four, that. the next four are away from Dallas. One uh, home game in Tulsa. One home game in Tulsa, and they're gonna have the younger goal. Look, right now the plan is to have the younger goalies kind of play, um, to play those games, and I would imagine probably Bishop and Hudobin will each get a full game um, for the last, last two of the year. And that's kind of what they did last year. They both played. That's all they really want. They both played about 90 minutes in preseason, and they'll probably get to that. Um, so. Do you think of, you'll end up seeing Landon Bow as the the three there? Behind the other two, or do you think they'll let Bishop and Hudobin back up each other? I think that? they'll let Landon Bow or Jake Ottinger yep. back up. Um, it, the, I, the question is interesting to see when they get down to that because yeah. when by next Thursday they're going to have nearly their NHL roster. Because and yeah, um, so I think they'll. It was one of those where they won't have Bishop or Bow, Bishop or Hudobin back up. I don't think so. I, I think they'll have. Um, Give maybe, them the night off. Maybe that last game. If, I just wonder yeah, because yeah, if yeah. they're not going to be dressing for four straight games, yeah. they might just have them. But you're right. It's probably unnecessary if yeah. one's planning on playing the whole game yeah. to have the, not let the other one have to come in in the middle of the game cold. And yeah. That's probably not a good look for one of your two NHL guys at that no, point. No, no. Yeah. So it's, um, I'll I, bet you that duty goes to Bo or Ottinger. We'll yeah. And, may, and, and, and that probably comes down to not just pecking order. That also probably just comes down to where – uh, I believe Texas's camp starts next Monday, and I believe their first preseason game is around the weekend. Same, is around that weekend, so usually they play Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, or somewhere and, yeah. iteration of that. And so that might, yeah, yeah, that 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 conversation might come down to what do do we want to see any of these guys in the preseason game, or are we just really using ECHL goalies in the AHL preseason game, which a lot of AHL teams do. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, um, they didn't. St. Louis didn't bother sending either of their no. NHL goalies to this no. trip, which no. was to be expected. Yeah. So, um, just, uh, I, guess, I mean, you go into the third period just to kind of catch ourselves up real quick. Third period, 
you see, there was a couple things I thought Kiviranta looked good again. Um, I thought Harley found his feet a little bit. He in the looked game like he struggled. Long. It's funny because yeah. in the post game, Jim Montgomery, when asked about did anybody stand out, he immediately said Thomas Harley, which I thought in the first period he he fell down a couple times. Yeah. Which look they all do at times, but I thought he looked a little shaky as to be expected his first NHL preseason game. It really so, but for me it was very similar to what happened in Traverse City. Um, his first game in Traverse City, he looked really rough the first uh, period against the Minnesota Wild, and then uh, and this is actually a funny small world story. I actually ran into uh, Harley's Harley's mother after that game. Um, <laughs> she was staying at the same hotel in Traverse City. Um, and so I ran to her the, at the lobby of the hotel, and she was telling me how it was one of the more nervous games she'd ever seen Thomas play. That's amazing. Um, that that first period um, in, in Traverse City, just because all, it was his first game wearing a Dallas Star sweater, right. and they drafted him. Just kind of think, think about it. He's an 18-year-old kid. And yeah. so to me, actually, this game was very similar to that first game he played in Traverse City where really rough, really raw start and – then uh, kind of found his footing. He's got great skill. Um, if you watch him play, when he does make the – he made a lot of really nice tape-to-tape -tape passes. There's some obvious skill there. Um, he's going to play big minutes for Mississauga this year. He's good piece Which of the future. Which is good for him. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's a good piece of the future, and you know what? It's good for – I don't know if he's going to get another preseason game or not, but this is the type of thing that he can build on before he heads back there. So, um I thought he was uh, for our first yes. chance to see him in an NHL setting, not Correct. not counting Travers, but in a real yes. NHL yep. preseason game. Mm -hmm. uh, second time for Delandria, you know, you get a first look at Kiviranta and um, and, and Riley Tufty's never played in an NHL preseason game either. Yeah. So Tufty, uh, I, I wanted to see more from Tufty tonight. Um, more how? I so like specifically more more what? I think I... Did you I, want to see more compete, more I, physical play? I wanted to see him build on what he did in the second half of Traverse City. So you think he's going to have the same progression that Harley had, where it takes a couple... Being his first, he might have had the nerves and... I'm not sure as much about that. I think it might also be um, embracing that opportunity as far as just realizing he can do it. I don't know if as much nerves or just, just realizing that you're big, you can skate well... Don't be afraid to take that outside driving rush that you took. And lean on and, it. And lean on it. Don't be afraid to do that. And um, I just kind of was – I had been high – I didn't have sky-high expectations for Tufty, but I had just kind of hoped after seeing a nice progression in Traverse City and kind of seeing him seize that and kind of adjust his game a little bit there that maybe it's something he would build on tonight. And, and look, it's the exception, it's just, not the yes, norm yeah. for players to, in their first instance of yes. To go do what got them there. Mm -hmm. That's why that Ben Gleason debut in Dallas last year stood out so much. Yeah. And he played with that confidence that you, it wasn't so much that he did it. It was that yeah. he did it in the stage where everyone expected him to feel like the game was bigger than him and play yeah. up over his head, or, you know, in over yeah. his head. And, and he goes the you know spin move offensive blue line in yeah. the third period. And you go, whoa, this kid's got some stones. Yeah. And that's what stood out. It was he played confident. Yeah. Where or confident lead, where a lot of players still feel very well, nervous. And I thought that was, for example, okay, not a younger guy, so I didn't expect him to look nervous, but that was one of the things to me where why Kibby Rod is the one that I think stands out to so many sure. of us is he's a guy who played that game that he played in Finland. He played that game. He played for Finland in the World Championships. Yeah. He's the type of guy who's been playing the same game no matter 
what the level is. It doesn't matter. He's going to play his same game. And I, he's he's an interesting. He's he's making quite a case, I think, to be it's on the to roster. Be a fun battle the next week yes. and a half to see if he can get on the roster, especially with Corey Perry injured right yeah. now, and what that does as far as open up maybe yeah. a possibility of a spot. Yeah. Before we close that and get the questions, just we have a lot of lightning yeah, round yeah, before, stuff. Before we close, then please. That, um, just we should note, uh, Stefan Nason became the. Oh, yes. uh, we should really check because I don't I don't want to disservice Austin Smith if he got into a preseason game. He might have. So I don't know if he did or not. But Stefan Nason from Plano um, either uh, may have been the first ever Dallas born and bred hockey player to play in a star sweater. A star sweater. Um, yeah, well, it could have been Austin Smith. Yeah. No DFW native has dressed for a Dallas Stars regular season exactly. playoff game. So that'll be an interesting one. I thought Nason stood out a bit, just as he should, just because he was one of the NHL guys. Yeah. But he also was playing with a pretty young line. Yeah. And he's also it's it's interesting too with him because we talked to him after the game and he's a guy who is he's honest about what he is. He yeah he's not trying to be something yeah, he isn't. He's honest about what he is. He he knows if he makes this team, it's as a fourth line, third line winger, probably fourth line winger, and. It's plain simple, plain smart, and it may be putting put up a little bit offensively. So um, it would be a, it would be a tremendous story for Dallas hockey if he made the team. Um, we'll see what happens. The numbers obviously are there's a huge battle, but right now if we basically go off what Jim Montgomery said after the game tonight, no one really has seized has stepped up and really taken that spot yet for those forwards. So. Nason's still in the mix, and we'll see what happens. And uh, I just want to touch on that. Let's go to the let's go to the lightning round. To the lightning round. Thank you as always for sending us your questions and comments and using the hashtag Carcast so that we can organize things. Gallopagus, of course, is back in the mix. Asks, so what's the best way to keep from overreacting to the first preseason game when it's been such a sloppy mess? Don't react to it at all. It's, it's a, a preseason, it's a preseason game. first preseason game, and we kind of already went through it. Yeah. Young, inexperienced lineup. You didn't play any. I mean, Pavelski was in there, but they didn't play any of the big offensive weapons. No. It's... Uh, if you had put Pavelski, Sagan, and Ben out there, for example, then you would have said, okay, well, I'd like to see them light up a, an inferior lineup. Yeah. But Pavelski alone, that's a tall task. So it's a, it's a preseason game. If the Stars go 0 and 7 in preseason, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Remember, in 15-16, the Stars went 1 and 6, I believe it was, in preseason. And we had to ask Jim Nill and Lindy Ruff, are you at all concerned? And they say, well, we never like losing. It's, you know, if we went 7-0, yeah. and oh, we'd say, yeah, we're feeling great about it. You go 1-6 and you say, well, it's preseason. But, yeah, of course we're concerned because we don't want to lose. Well, I've, guess what? They got off to one of their better starts and won the Central Division that year. Just, here's, like, it's kind of the example. is I believe the 0-16 Detroit Lions went 4-0 in preseason. Yeah. So, it's so, like, preseason doesn't matter. Wins and losses in the preseason don't matter. Yeah. So, uh, Scott writes in, which prospects stood out for you tonight? Looked like Kiviranta had three solid chances, but unfortunately didn't finish on his wide-open opportunity. We kind of went through that a little bit already. Yeah. Um, I didn't see a ton from Jason Robertson no, tonight. He's, I mean, I, but yeah. that being said, I don't hold the bar as high for him. I, I do in the long run, no. but I expect him to be a little bit nervous because this is a newer stage for him. And I, I think he's a guy that de- that needs to develop. But that being said, there were a couple times where he was near the net where you thought, okay, that's his office. He's going to score. 
he um, so Robertson's an interesting one. Give him his, some time. Yeah, yeah. Be patient on him. He's an interesting case because Robertson's skating has improved tremendously, and watching him skate this summer and, and his fitness too, and his fitness too, and watching him skate and watching him skate with kind of the NHL guys before Traverse City, and watching him then, um, he was always getting great chances. He was skating well, and and you kind he was and he was always in the right area, and it made you kind of forget about those skating issues. Right. And the last five games, I've now watched him five games in the last two weeks, four in Traverse, one here. I've been re-reminded of those skating issues because when he's not getting those chances and creating, you start to nitpick more at other things. Sure. And that skating starts to come out, and he just really hasn't made himself um, an impact player like like a guy who was either first or second in the OHL in scoring first because Fellhaber was second. So I don't know if we really want to get into this tonight, Sean, but Christopher asked, uh, if any has anyone asked Jim Nill and company about their perceived first round lack of drafting and development success, including Glenny, who they developed but didn't draft? It's ten years of drafted players and only a few decent ones, one star so far. That's a long conversation that we've talked and touched on before. Um, I mean, I think the stars are very aware of what hasn't hasn't succeeded as far as their drafting models. Yeah, I mean that's a that's that's, that's a, a long that's a long conversation, and it's one that I think is we've talked about it, and it will be continued to be talked at ad nauseum, and it's also something that um, it's probably not worth diving into just at this point in time with the roughly amount of time we have left in the carcast. Agreed. Crawdaddy, chances of Idaho Steelheads legend Philippe Derosier starting for Florida on Saturday in Tulsa. I'd say pretty good. I don't know if he'll start, um, but he, he might play. Yeah, I don't know what Florida's full goalie depth chart is after Bob. That's right. Um, so I don't I don't know how how they're doing it, but uh, uh, I know the Panthers the Panthers played actually a double header tonight. Split squad. Uh, double header. Cool. Split squad double header. Right. Well, it has to be split. Three thirty game in Nashville, followed by seven o'clock time in Nashville. Actual double header. So two lineups. Two lineups. There's no nobody no, played both no, games. No, no, no nobody saying. played both games. Okay. Yeah, Panthers Predators played back-to-back games at uh, Bridgestone That's tonight. Odd. Yep. I don't know if I've ever heard the of that Panthers, one The Panthers. The Panthers. I was looking at it because it was it was odd, and I was looking at it. The Panthers have done their best to have as little home preseason games as possible. Their preseason schedule includes a the doubleheader in, at Nashville, the neutral site game with Dallas. The neutral site, a neutral site game with Montreal, hmm. and then they close the uh, they close the regular the, the, the preseason with three preseason games against Tampa, and then they open against Tampa for the first two games of the season. So they play Tampa five straight games. Wow. Between, uh, preseason and regular season at the end of September, early October. I did not pay attention to that. That's wild. Yeah, I, I, it was one of those weird ones where I ended up on the Panthers schedule there where I looked when I saw a couple of the Panthers uh, beats were tweeting about a game at 4 o'clock, and I'm like, this is really weird time to be tweeting about a game at 4 o'clock on a Monday, but it was the first game of a doubleheader. Andrew writes in who looked good and who looked not so good tonight and why. We've kind of touched kind on of that. tackled that. But I wanted to acknowledge yeah, Andrew's yes, question. Yes, thank you for your question. Uh, Chris writes, does Bishop's back still hurt from carrying the team in the playoff? <laughs> Funny question. Um, obviously, he was excellent, right? Yeah. I mean, he was really good in the playoffs. Uh, I hope that this year's additions will give the team a little bit more of a balance. We'll see how Andre Sekera does. 
in that defensive core. We think that he's going to probably think, end up playing with Haskinen to start. We'll see. I, I would think they would play tomorrow night in Minnesota. Him and Mirror. Him and Mirror. I think so. We're going to see that pairing. Monty said bit. none of the defensemen that played tonight will play tomorrow. So that would mean. No, you, there's plenty of options yeah, out there. But if you're doing the simple math, there's only so many. Right. If you played your top pairing tonight, yeah. you might go second pairing yeah. and then. You know, we'll see from there. Tomorrow night would have been actually a really interesting night to see a Harley play because I saw Minnesota's lineup for tomorrow, and they're playing all their guys. Ooh, they're so playing a lot like, of their guys, yeah. It's going to be like the full lineup. Like Parisi, Spurgeon, Zuccarello, all of those guys are playing for Minnesota tomorrow night. Oh, so Zuccarello. Dumba, all of them are in for Minnesota tomorrow. Weird seeing Zuc again after last year's yep. playoff run. Ardell writes in, when will the Winter Classic jersey be, reveal, be unveiled? Bishop looks sharp tonight, albeit... Versus Scrubs, hockey is back. Carcass is back. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, thank you. And the answer to your question is November. Um, Winter Classic jerseys will be revealed in November. That they are they are done. They have been designed. They've been made. I haven't seen them. I don't know what they look like, but I know they're done. And right. um, it's uh, going to come out in November. They don't want to do the Winter Classic jerseys right as the season's about to start because that that's. Missing the time for marketing for that. Yes, it's a league thing, too. Yeah. Um, but so. you don't want to ruin... Like, everybody's excited for the start of the regular season for the NHL. You don't need to cloud that with their big mid-season classic in, you know, January. Oh, so they want you to buy those jerseys, and if you can buy... If you buy a regular Dallas Stars jersey now... If you buy a Winter Classic jersey now in October, you're not going to buy a regular Dallas Stars jersey now. You're more likely to buy two jerseys if one comes out in November. So yeah, Sure. Timing before Christmas, though. Yes. Uh, Jim writes in, hey, guys, is this the year that Jamie Benn starts transitioning to the second line, or is he still a top-line player? Um, well, I mean, I think it's going to be it's an interesting construction of how the lineup will be because I think – Here's my take on this, Sean. I'll interrupt okay, you here well, yeah, because yeah. I have to at least once because otherwise our fans will be disappointed if I don't jump all over what you're saying. <laughs> The Stars are a better team when they have two top lines than yes. one top line and a second line. We, now, you'll hear us say at times they didn't have a second line, and now they do. So there will be a first line, second line, but that Jim Montgomery and his staff will shuffle and rotate lines. We've, saw, we've seen them do it all last year. They'll do it again this year. But what's really important is that the Stars, ever since the addition of Zuccarello last year, now, of course, with Perry, possibly, and definitely Pavelski, Dickinson, hence, they have the the personnel to actually have two scoring yeah. lines. So whether or not Jamie Benn is with Sagan and Radulov or they mix them up, he is still playing in a scoring line role. He's not transitioning into a checking line role, which would be a, a major drop off. Yeah, I, yeah. For me, the biggest the biggest question of transition and stuff when you talk about Jamie Benn is not would be first to second line it is transition from going. From becoming a uh, from becoming a top six to a bottom six player. Correct. And, and not, Which we've seen and that, some veteran and, and that's, do in the last few years. And that's not happening anytime soon. But that's just what I would. That's now, the bigger transition. There is a debate, and we'll see this as he starts to get healthy and play, of whether Corey Perry will actually be in a top six role or a bottom six role and a power play guy. Uh, it's a possibility that he won't be on the second line or first line. He might be on the fourth line. Because, look, Cogliano, Fox, Como is going to be the checking line, the third line, if you want to call it that. That's really not going to be messed with early as long as things go well. So it's a question of does he play in the fourth line or does he play up in the second? Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Um, 
Jeremy sends in, I'm sure we will cover it soon enough, but what were your first impressions of Pavelski? He was good. I mean, he did his, his, his white stick really stood out to me. I didn't even notice it. It was very white. It was it was the only player on the team on the ice with a white stick. Um, I don't see color. No, I'm kidding. I honestly hadn't even looked at it. I was, you know, noticing other things. But you like that? Yeah. I got him to laugh. That's always a plus. Uh, Justin writes in. I I look. I thought Pavelski looked fine. Again, I said this earlier in our our carcast. I would like to see him play. Nothing against who we played with tonight. Kiviranta and Gurionov, but I really like to see him play with Jamie Ben, Rope Hintz or Dickinson or yeah. Tyler Sagan or yeah. you know, probably Pavelski Sagan may not be a thing although they can move Pavelski to the wing. Well, and I, I'm also looking forward to, and I think Pavelski will play on the wing a bit this year too. But I'm not sure if he'll play with Sagan because they're both right-handed. Yes. And right. if the the ideal match, if you want to have Pavelski on the wing, is with a left-handed center so that you can have a left-right so you can have the strong side on either face-off dot. And that yeah. gives – Jim Montgomery actually talked about that this morning in our pregame morning skate scrum of you can really run the face-off play you want when you know you'll have a strong-sided face-off every time yeah. and have a pretty good percentage chance to win that draw and make that play. Yes. Which I think is interesting. Yes. Um, Justin writes, who stars, who stars top six? That's not grammatically correct. Gurionov or Perry? Maybe neither. Maybe neither, but I, I mean, of the two, I'm thinking Gurionov is, has a better chance to thrive there this year. I'm not... I'm, I'm not sold that he's going to make the opening that roster. I'm also not sold on Kerry, Corey Perry being a top six player. Uh, agreed. Both. Yeah. So it, I, like, I don't, I'm I, hopeful. Like To me, Corey Perry isn't much more than a bottom bottom six player that can maybe pot 12, 15 goals. Especially, but but can be really effective uh, on the second power. Play. Yeah, but I, I don't think Corey Perry's a top six player anymore. I'm hopeful that maybe healthy knee, hopefully this foot injury doesn't nag him much. He comes back and has sort of a, I prove I can still play yeah, at but, a, a top level. Yeah, but you know what? Corey Perry is a bottom six player at $1.25 million. So right. That's it's, fine. It that's doesn't fine. matter. It's that's not fine, like yeah. last year, like Jason Spezza was, was in and out of the lineup making seven and a half. Yeah. And that was an issue yes. mostly because of the expectations of what that contract was Correct. for. Yes. Uh, Zach writes in who potential line. Can we work on some grammar here, people? I know there's autocorrect, but what potential line pairing are you guys most excited to watch? Um, for the season, we're asking? Or? Early on, uh, I, I hate this feeling, Sean, that we might see some version of Hintz, Sagan, and Radulov. I think that's possible. Ben, Pavelski, and who? Mm-hmm. I'd, either way, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see. If you get Radulov and Hintz speed with Sagan, I mean, I think that could be really fun. Yeah. But I'm just interested to see how – look, this team is way better when they have – that one-two punch of scoring lines. Yeah. We saw it when Zuccarello came in and was healthy, or even having his arm injected in numbs, mm-hmm. is the fact that it made this team dynamic because they had two real scoring lines, a great shutdown line, and then the fourth line chipped in with energy and chances, and it made it a much harder matchup. Yeah. So that's what I'm excited. I'm excited to see a Stars team that's balanced and not just top-heavy. Yeah. Uh, Stars Potter, 12. Who would you say Monty has the most interest in with the rookies he's seen so far? Are we back to Kiviranta? Um, 
I mean, he's spoken the most about about uh, Thomas Harley, but uh, that's just kind of the nature of talking up an 18-year-old kid. Um, I mean, I think he is clearly, uh, I think Kiviront is clearly on the radar, and I think he is also, the other thing he is doing, because we know we know Garyanov is going to play again tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. He is clearly giving Guryanov a chance to prove to him he should be on the team. Jim Montgomery had an interesting comment this morning, and Sean, you were there too. Mm-hmm. He was asked about how he evaluates practice play versus game play in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And he, because, I mean, look, we watch drills in practice and we see him skate, and you can see guys that are some more effective than others, and sometimes you don't notice certain things. But we, I always say that you get a lot better feel for how good a player is by watching him play in a game setting than mm-hmm. in a drill. Yes. Monty said, you make the game line, line up by how you perform in practice, but you stick in the lineup and earn your ice time by what you do in the game and if you can replicate that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very, it was kind of obvious, but kind of interesting to hear him say that nonetheless. And Gurionov can look great in, tra- in practices, but he has to find a way to prove it in games yeah. because that's the only way he's going to get trust from the coaches and more ice time. Yes. Uh, a quick reminder is that there were most of you used the hashtag CarCast. Some of you did a few questions sent in without the hashtag. Uh, look, this may be preseason for some, but we're operating in midseason form here. So if you don't use the hashtag, we're probably not going to throw your question out there. It just helps to sort it better. So if you're listening, thank you for sending questions in regardless. But hashtag CarCast definitely helps for planning purposes for us as we try to not crash on the road closing question please how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches do you think you could eat in one sitting Ooh, the question is how many can i or how many do i want to um really depends i i like food Mm -hmm. i I, my biggest problem with nutrition or diet is not the kind of food i eat I do like desserts. I do have a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that yes. at length. Yes. But I think it's portion control because mm-hmm. I enjoy food and good. I like good food. And if I get good food, I don't want to stop eating it. So mm-hmm. it's more about how much I eat versus what what I'm eating because yeah. I don't eat a lot of fast food. I don't eat a lot of junk except for desserts. Mm-hmm. But I like that. Um, that's a good question. Maybe two. I might get tired of it after two. I don't think I've ever eaten more. Like I've had two at once. I don't know if I ever not, have. Not two at once. I've had two. Like in one sitting? Are and, you talking about in the course of a day? In that sitting, let me let me. Re- I could eat a couple of peanut butter yeah. and jelly sandwiches. I'm not a, uh, you know, professional competitive eater yeah. that can eat 17 sandwiches at once. I, like I, for example, I ate one this morning that I had made before we skated at the nooner mm-hmm. during the morning skate, and I felt it wasn't filling enough. I wish I had had a second one or something else that was a little bit more satisfying at the time. Mm-hmm. Ordinarily, it's enough. It wasn't today. So I could have had a second. I don't want four. No. I think... Do you want to give the backstory to the question? No. Do you want to leave it? <laughs> so you want to leave some mystery in there? Yes. By the way, this question did not come up because I just because I was eating a peanut butter. No, no, no. It had nothing to do with that There's, at all. Somebody else in this that yes. if they listen, they'll know and laugh. Yes. I hope. So... Um, you think they have to work on their finish? Another inside joke. Sorry. Oh man. All right. That's. I think that's all we've got, right? Going through oh, questions. we have one more good one. Oh, buzzer beater. A buzzer beater from Court, who is probably driving home. 
and obviously is one of our favorite Dallas Stars fans slash listeners to the show. The media dining at training camp smelled pretty good. Let's hear your reviews. Court, you always know how to hit us right in the sweet spot here. <laughs> so I had a busy weekend uh, doing some other things as well as Stars, so I missed some of the food. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get the Sunday lunch. Just I just got the breakfast tacos. Quite good. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the Saturday food at all. So you, missed it, so you missed out on the samplers on Saturday. Right. Well, that wasn't just the regular food. No, no, no. Yeah, you missed out on the samplers. I missed the sandwiches, too, on Saturday. Yeah. You what, did, the, what happened? Did you get the rest of Sunday? Was yeah. Was there something after the breakfast tacos? There was breakfast and there was chicken. No, no, no. It was the... Uh, no, not chicken. chicken it was, was the, on it was, Friday. Uh, Sunday was the... Uh, it was the pork. Ooh. So... For those listening, they, they provided food over the weekend because, you know, we were there covering for, what, six hours a day? Yeah, and, they, and, and, and that was appreciated. And they, wanted TV, and they wanted TV stations to show up. Right, so that helped. Um, so we had, uh, like, a bagel breakfast sandwich mm-hmm. and egg and cheese. On a croissant. Yeah, it was good. Because, um, frankly, I don't, didn't expect food. So when you walk in the first day and there's a coffee spread. Oh, I expected food. And food, I, I was like, oh, this is great. I expect Okay, well, I wasn't thinking right. <laughs> After the first morning, I was expecting food. Then they brought out, uh, you know, chicken, green beans. Chicken and rice. There's some rice with that dish, too, I think. Is there rice? No, that rice came with the pork on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. no, it wasn't that. It was chicken, uh, green beans, and then maybe vegetable, uh, another veggie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was tasty. Uh, we were just, Sean and I were being very picky, saying we could have used a cookie. Yes. End of Friday? Yes. Saturday. Were they delivered on the cookies on Saturday? Saturday, I wasn't there at all. Mm-hmm. I had to do FC Dallas broadcast and kids soccer in the morning. So it was a it was a busy soccer day. So walk us through the Saturday menu. So Saturday, what was the morning menu on Saturday? Because I was told there were some Jimmy John's sandwiches. So Jimmy John's was lunch, lunch? on Saturday. So what was the breakfast? Um, Did you guys get a muffin or a continental it was it was similar to the day before. Some um, sort of breakfast sandwich. Yeah, it was breakfast sandwiches again on Saturday, um, but it was the uh, it was bacon one. There was it was bacon on this one. Okay. Because um, it was sausage on Friday, so it was bacon on the egg sandwich. Well, I like that. Saturday. That's nice. Um, but then for lunch, after lunch, uh, we had the Jimmy John sandwiches. They had the they opened and revealed the new stuff at the Comerica Center because the, the stars have kind of spruced the joint up a bit. They're it was a big, a big yeah, uh, unveiling yeah. ceremony. And so kind of thing. they, um, because of the, um, because of the timing of things, we were waiting for media availability after the second session. None of the media really got to. None of the media really went to the unveiling. It just didn't work. Where the player, we were waiting to talk to players at the right. same time they're doing the unveiling. So it didn't work for us to actually go to that. So they ended up bringing all the sample food that you can now, I believe, buy in some size at the Comerica Center. I like the new the... offering arena sample. Yes, that's it's yes. fun to be sort of the and taster. So there was uh, this this tray and a little bit of everything. There's and by a... the way. Being the good friend that he is, Sean made sure that I wasn't completely in the dark about this and sent me a picture of the sample platters with seven or eight different items, including double desserts. Double desserts. Which he knows I would be excited about. So he wanted to make sure that I was aware of what was going on, even though it was – and I really thank you for that (laughs) because I would have hated – have been, to been ignorant about that whole fest, uh, yes, proceeding. There's a chocolate mousse, um, which was good. Um, Ooh, I like chocolate mousse too. They had a cupcake, which I did not eat. 
Um, Matt and Franks, our buddy from the Dallas Morning News, said he ate, the, ate it in four bites. He crushed that cupcake. Yes. Which, uh, four bites is not... He could have done better. No, but the way he crushed that cupcake was he went, he got full, like, nutcracker jaw open. Oh, really? To get, like, the whole, like, frosting. So he was, he was biting yes. from top to bottom. Yes, yeah. Ah. So, mm-hmm. like, he didn't go... He didn't do the, yeah. you know, eat the, the top and then yeah. the stump. Yeah, no, it was like... <laughs> Just open mouth insert food? Yes, exactly. Wow. So, um... <laughs> There was that. There was a. Uh, well, he he certainly knew how to finish that. Hold <laughs> on. There was a taco. <laughs> um, there was a taco that was uh, the insides were good, but the uh, the shell was a little bit too puffy. Ah, for my liking. A puffy taco. Yeah, a too I've puffy. Heard of puffy tacos. In fact, uh, uh, one of my acquaintances slash friends who covers soccer for uh, Liga MX and does FC Dallas coverage was just talking about a notable Puffy Taco restaurant in San Antonio this past weekend. Interesting. I don't know anything more about Puffy Tacos, so... There was a uh, chicken sandwich... <laughs> it sound right, there was a ch- There was a chicken sandwich with a, uh, with a donut glaze on it. Like a donut glaze chicken sandwich where the bun was kind of donut glaze. I like chi- donuts. And then there was a jelly on it, too. Well, how about the one... Remember, was it last year or the year before? There was... The, I don't remember where it was. It was the... Burger with a donut as the maybe it was in Boston Stanley Cup final Probably. thing they go they, a bit crazy they with did the food. They, they did a the donut bun like the bun was a donut it was a burger mm-hmm. like I like both of those things they don't have to be combined right I have been to places that have done it well as a concept that can be done yeah, well but I don't need no, it to no, 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 I, yeah, I like no. my savory and my sweet okay. separated more pause for a second fair it is a concept that can be done well and it's a concept that doesn't need to be done I agree. Okay, so I'm with you that. This I, one, I'm this not one, saying it yes, was, yes. isn't tasty. I'm just yes. saying I don't need yes, it. Yes, this one was not bad, and I wasn't bad sampling it. I don't think I would purchase it. Okay, so then on yes. Sunday we had the. <laughs> this is a lot for the car cast. Uh, the taco breakfast tacos, mm-hmm. excellent. I could have eaten five out, out of you know the consideration of our colleagues. I had one. I only had one. I, had I could have had a lot more, but there was only so many, and I didn't want to. Yeah. I wanted everybody else to have their chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to leave for a kid's hockey game on Sunday, and so I missed the lunch, which you said was a pork. It's like a pork. Uh, like a roast pork or something? Like a roast pork with beans and rice. Nice. Good. Again. Uh, and then, you know, here we are. Media meal tonight was uh, a por- like sliced pork chop, mm. chicken, uh, key lime pie. The You know, a little different their way, but still with the graham cracker. Crumbles yeah. and stuff. It was good. Yeah. yeah, that's my big concern, Sean, is that I said to um, our engineer who we didn't do the broadcast tonight, but he was still there. That the summer I always tend to be more physically active because we don't have as much star stuff, so I have more time to work out and and I try to eat well. And I feel like I eat too much in the media a lot. And then the candy and popcorn and snacks up in the press box. That this begins the part of the year where I start to add a few pounds again. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you have that sort of seasonal fluctuation at all, or is that more on me? Um, Are you a consistent? I'm kind of consistent. I'd like to think that. 
You don't actually have the facts behind this. We I need to get the, the analytics yeah. here. I don't have. I don't have the fact. This is all. Sounds like you got to get a scale. Set on. Stand on it once in a while. This is all anecdotal. Oh, you are just off the cuff. <laughs> Which is funny because he rolled his sleeve. Up. I did. No I rolled. Uh, no cuffs. <laughs> wow. Okay. We've lost it. Clearly fallen off the rails. It's late. We have stars practice tomorrow, a morning skate for the game group, and then some for the non-game group. For those listening, um, team is skating at 10 in Frisco. Want, in Frisco, if you'd like to go Everything watch. is a day trip in the preseason. Yep. So, um, stars will play Minnesota tomorrow night. Game is on t- is televised, I believe, Fox Sports Southwest Plus. It's going to be the Minnesota Wild TV crew. But it'll uh, still be a TV screw. Uh, TV broadcast. Anthony LaPenta, who is their play-by-play guy on TV up at Fox Sports North, will be doing the game. Uh, expect it to be a Minnesota Wild-style broadcast because that's theirs, as, as you would expect if the reciprocal, which is going to happen on Thursday the 26th, we're going to do a full Stars broadcast TV and radio on the mm-hmm. ticket and on Southwest. So Minnesota is going to carry that game back in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the, probably the whole state on that Fox Sports North. So expect that to be a Dallas Stars-centric broadcast, as mm-hmm. you would anticipate. Yes. With that, that is episode 75. We did not mail it in a short one tonight, even though it felt like the game deserved it. Yep, we. Uh, I feel like we did our part. So everyone, um, thank you for listening. I'm uh, I'm happy. I was really pleased to see how many people positively uh, replied when we said that this was going to happen. Yeah, the uh, following for the car cast has grown well beyond our expectations already so thank you for your support because if it wasn't for that we might not be motivated to keep doing it but because you're listening we're going to keep providing assuming that carpooling works for us because occasionally it will get busy occasionally everyone uh, have a wonderful evening see ya